It's been great for us, I think, just to learn from others what's happening in their states. We've always gotten some crazy ideas, like, you do what? Oh, wow, we've never thought of it that way. That's part of what I love when other people come. From the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas, this is A Sense of Texas. Here is your host, Emily Coleman. Welcome to A Sense of Texas. I'm Emily Coleman. Part one of this episode spoke mostly to the mentee, and this episode hits on the mentor. Years of experience don't necessarily prepare you to support another professional, but if you get a lot of sage advice, that can help you know what to do. Cyril Miller and Chrissy Cowan have been providing a high level of insight in Texas and beyond for many years, so they're continuing to share our story. The universities, and in Texas it's uh, Stephen F. Austin and then Texas Tech Universities, we have a memorandum of understanding between TSBVI and those universities, and there's a couple of paragraphs in there directly related to the mentor program. So they provide me with the names, the contact information of those newly hired teachers and of the students who have just enrolled in the program. So I have a database of those names, and then for the new, we call them the new hires, that's my jump. And I, I get those names in August, at the beginning of August. I'm on vacation when I'm getting those emails from Texas Tech and SFA saying, so-and-so's been hired here. And so I go to work right away. I hit the ground running with making those matches in August, in the middle of August. And then throughout the year, the universities that I will talk about any situations that have come up with individuals that they might be having a difficult time. So we'll exchange notes, we'll reach out and help that protege. So I get those names. And in Texas, we have 20 education service centers, and most of them have a VI or O&M or both consultant within them. So if I get somebody who just is hired in Tahoka, Texas, and I don't even know where Tahoka, Texas is, <laughs> but it's in Region 17, then I will contact Region 17 and say, who have you got close to Tahoka, Texas? You know, mm -hmm. And so they really, really help me because they know their teachers. They mm -hmm. each know their groups of teachers. Right. And so if I don't already have a, a mentor established near there, then I'm going to contact the service center. So we really, really work closely together. It's a wonderful relationship. I get calls frequently from people who want to mentor because it's so established in the state of Texas, in the minds of the teachers, not so much in the minds of the special ed directors. The pipeline is through the teachers, I think. We've got a two-day outline that uh, we keep refining, I will say, but it's a really fun and busy two days. The first day, we are using really uh, the materials about mentoring evidence-based, research-based, what is mentoring about, why is it important, what are some of the rules of the game, what is a mentor versus a coach, what is a mentor versus a supervisor, kind of outlining who you're going to be and what that role is about. That's a lot of fun. We do role plays. We do all sorts of stuff. Well, and we're, we're talking about the adult learner. Right. These individuals all had a previous job. They are changing careers, mm -hmm. and they were perhaps 
very highly qualified people as a classroom teacher. Now they're kind of slammed back to starting all over and it can be uncomfortable situations. So the mentor needs to know how to communicate with someone in that situation. We also talk about being that person who provides guidance so that poor habits don't become established. And we call that crystallized crystallized practice. practice. Mm-hmm. So Cyril uses the example, if you complete a report, a functional vision evaluation, learning media assessment, and nobody has helped you with that, nobody has looked at it, and you turn it in and it's really pretty crummy. But you get away with but it. But you get away with it. Mm-hmm. Well, the likelihood that you're going to continue down that road is very, very high. So the mentor needs to know in the training we talk with them about the evaluation process and how they really are going to be responsible for training that person appropriately and overseeing that report. So the first day, we talk about the learner and the adult learner. The second day, we're really, really hitting promising practices. And that's where we move through the components of the itinerant VI position, the components of the O position and what are the challenges and what are the materials that can help you as a mentor further this person's education, frankly. And the conversations in the room are so lively because these are people who are ultimately pretty isolated, the mentors. And to be in the same room with highly qualified peers and have these elevated conversations, I think, to me, is very stimulating. You were, you were in the training. Mm-hmm. How did you feel mm-hmm. about those conversations? I had a great time at your training. <laughs> and everyone I've talked to that's gone uh-huh. to it was a big fan because mm-hmm. I think you know, we talk about being an itinerant teacher and how isolating that is. But also when you're a mentor out there on your own, it's also isolating. So right. to be able to share experiences and to talk about how you're advising your protege, what's working, what's not working, and and mm-hmm. also revelations about the research-based stuff that I never spent a lot of time thinking about, right. you know, in before. So Well, the other thing that I think is good about our approach to that training is something that's kind of unique in our field, maybe, which is even as a mentor, even with five years, and some of these people have 20 years of experience, you can find yourself at a loss. You can find a student who throws you for a loop. You can need resources you just can't find. You could be right back at that first year feeling pretty quickly. And the mentors come in with that in their minds as well. And they get to talk to each other about, you know, I'm having so much trouble with this. Well, as a mentor, you can't so much do that with your new teacher, right? You're supposed to be a little bit more on the positive end. But with each other, they know the same kind of obstacles, barriers, and challenges and can give each other ideas. And I don't think there's anyone who doesn't walk away with some new resources that they haven't seen before and some new ideas. You often hear people saying, oh, I'm going to call you about that because I've had that situation. So it's the learning how to coach and help and guide somebody who's new to the field and also getting some support for yourself. And that's important. Who doesn't want that? We talk about different strategies for mentoring. And when I first started mentoring, I was very directive. And I had my first protege. I had a stack of books on 
everything related to the VI role. And by the end of the day, I had her for a whole day before the kids started. By the end of the day, she was sobbing. Um, So I learned that that approach was not a good one. So, you know, we talk about be careful how you interact with your protege. Some of them can handle and really crave that direct, just tell me what to do kind Mm -hmm. of approach. Whereas others, what you want them to do is to be able to find a solution to their situation themselves. So it's a guided kind of conversation. That's a very strong way of mentoring. I do survey the protégés at the end of the year, and it's a long survey. It's not that how are you doing kind of thing at the middle of the year. I ask them what strategies your mentor used that were the most successful for you. And the number one that always comes out is listening. Mm -hmm. They listen to me. And using a reflective approach to mentoring. In other words, guiding the person through their own problem-solving strategies, which is powerful. I've noticed that we get some interest from out of state to come to the mentor training. Mm -hmm. I know Wisconsin is one state that got their program off the ground because they came to see what was happening in Mm -hmm. Texas. Mm -hmm. So if another state wanted to get a program like this started, where do you think they should begin? At this last mentor training, we had someone from New Mexico and we had someone from the state of Washington. They start by email emailing me and Mm -hmm. saying, can I come to this mentor training? They find it online. Well, I I was going to say, they start online because you have Uh put a lot of, I think, foundational materials on our website. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of information about our our mentor program and how it's set up that people, I think, would want to look at first before they come on down. Everything is online. You know, sometimes they'll find those contact logs first and they'll say, well, what's this, you know? And they'll ask me if they can use them. And my attitude as a teacher, and I've just always felt this way, is whatever I have, you can have. Mm -hmm. I share freely. So they can find all of these materials and a description of the mentor Mm -hmm. training online. And they'll ask if they can come. So I say, sure, you know, Mm -hmm. you can come. And they're delightful people to have in the room as well. It's been great for us, I think, just to learn from others what's happening in Mm -hmm. their states. We've Mm -hmm. always gotten some like crazy ideas, like you do what? Oh, wow, we've never thought of it that way because we're a huge state, but we're very homogenous. We all went to SFA or Texas Tech or or UT. We have similar kind of training. Our university programs even delivered exactly the same content for a while when they were doing a merged program. So there's not as much diversity in, in terms of the kinds of resources we use. And that's part of what I love when other people come because we're, you know, we're talking about our TSBVI publications and or evaluations that we're familiar with, and they'll come and say, "Oh, well, we've been using, you know, this thing from Perkins that maybe we haven't heard about." Like, "Oh, how cool is that?" So I think that cross pollination within our field is great. Mm-hmm. It's great for everyone. You know, I invite them to come, and they sit in. Some of them go back, and they establish mentor programs mm-hmm. on their own on a smaller scale. And periodically, Cyril and I will be asked to travel to a state and conduct mentor training there. They have already done some groundwork, and they've pulled together a group of people who are interested in mentoring. So those individuals are in the room, and we do the mentor training there. I think the last one, we we were in Kansas. Kansas. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We've been in Minnesota. We've been to South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. I think that's about it. 
Yeah. They use our activities checklist or contact log, and they start small and they build from there. Well, it's a big state, and so it's nice to have a coordinated effort because I don't think you could do it without it. There would be no way. No way. I don't think people out, especially outside of Texas, like inside of Texas, Mm -hmm. I think they have obviously have a better understanding, but... Outside, you know, no, very few states have a program oh. or know like oh what gosh. it would look like right. or how uh-huh. it could work. Mm-hmm. And right. So right. I think it's, I just think it's good to put out there for people to start thinking about. Yeah. And a lot of them do pieces of it, uh-huh. which is maybe what works for them. Maybe that's yeah. all they can do. It right. takes money to do what we're doing. Well, that's just it. And that's why <laughs> yeah. I asked about, oh, the contracts and the yeah. compensation, because that's yeah. an important component. It is. And the grant money you brought up, right. that was important yeah. to get it going. Yeah. Well, and you know. having a coordinator. I think in these states where we have set it up, the reason they don't go real far is because people get busy. They, mm-hmm. they really want to do it, and they, they start it, and then they, yeah. they can't sustain it because yeah. They, it takes. It's an add-on to their their job. It's tricky because it's like uh, you know, with the thousand providers, Mm -hmm. give or take, in Texas. Versus, like, you know, Washington had 90, and uh-huh. I knew them all. Right. But I didn't have any funding to do yep. anything mm-hmm. with it. Yep. Whereas you'd think with more it would be harder, but it's actually easier because you you're more visible yep. and you can ask for the funding. I do get calls from another state where a protege wants me to find a mentor for them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know your people. Yeah, you no, know. I don't. I'm, just, I'm we sorry. can't pay them, unfortunately. No, no. And, yeah. But that's how, you know, that's how desperate people Sure. sure. And every state, I think, has emergency certs or yeah, some, something like that. Something, something like, like that. it. And mm-hmm. you're Boy, just, you're... I mean, I started on emergency cert and I didn't have anybody. Yeah. You don't want to really look back too hard on your first year. No. <laughs> That's what I think. Or even like the 10th year. Yeah, no. It, I remember yeah, the disappointment the in the look in my university supervisor's <laughs> face the first time she came out, and I was like, oh, uh, "You were a star student, doing. but <laughs> this, 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 yeah. not so much. Yeah, exactly. not so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know, we have all these resources here, so we have outreach as well. If you're having yes. trouble, your mentor can get help. Yeah, and we have the service center consultants mm-hmm. in most regions mm-hmm. who really do help yeah. most of them most of them do. really do help mm-hmm. at that yeah. gritty level of here's mm-hmm. a kid i can't find the resources mm-hmm. it all works together any one piece of that alone wouldn't have the impact mm-hmm. it's taken a life of its own yeah it, it really yeah. has it self-perpetuates yeah. it's mm-hmm. like people mm-hmm. want to do yeah. it mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they got it well just saying the numbers of people involved <laughs> sounds, i mean that's wow more than that's five lot. times what most states even have. That's right. You know, after I made all my matches and I went into Kate and I said, well, okay, I think I'm just about done. I've made about 98 matches now. That doesn't include, <laughs> you know, the spring day. semester. There'll uh-huh. be more. And she went, 98! <laughs> that's more than we have in the state, yeah. a whole state of Utah. Right. And I, then right. I said, yeah. yeah, I remember Welcome that last Texas. year. Uh-huh. Just I just kept going in to talk to Bill, and, and I was like, "All right, we're up to this many mentors, and that's a program. We're not, we can't do anything about it. We gotta have them. We're gonna have to find the money. Uh, pay, pay. So uh-huh. It's just one. Of, it's not one that you can skip. No. Uh-huh. No. I mean, I would argue that it's incredibly cheap for what we get. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say so too. Yeah, you get buy-in to TSBVI, so and then you things. get that you get better teachers, yeah. and you get better mentors. To help those teachers, because yep. really our agenda with the mentors 
is because they're a mixed bag. Some of them are great and some of them are good. Some of them are probably just barely good, Mm -hmm. um, is to say, here's this bar we want you to rise to Mm -hmm. and we'll help you get there. And that's a real good opportunity for kids, Mm -hmm. you know, because ultimately it's going to, that's the only way you're going to get those people to feel, I can be better. While we are all working under these unusual and stressful circumstances, you may find you need more online resources. TSBVI is here to help. Visit library.tsbvi.edu to access our extensive collection of past webinars and training videos created by our staff. And join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time for our Coffee Hour with TSBVI. Learn about and discuss a variety of topics with TSBVI outreach team members and other professionals from around the country and globe. For more information, visit tsbvi.edu slash coffee hour. As you heard, other states attend our mentor training on occasion with the hopes of starting a program in their own state. Pam Parker is bringing us the out-of-state perspective from Washington. Pam has worked with Texas through the Stephen F. Austin program as they developed a remote cohort in Washington State. And through that work, she learned about the mentor program in Texas and participated in our very own training. Pam and I also work together in Washington, so it's pretty fitting that I'm bringing one of my own mentors into this discussion. I'm Pam Parker, and I am currently the Outreach Director at Washington State School for the Blind slash State Vision Consultant. I remember when you said, Texas has got a mentor program, you should go down. And I'm originally from Texas, so, and went to UT, so I was like, yeah, I'll go. But I remember sitting in that, with that group, and being the only non-person from Texas there, and just amazed that that was even happening. Uh, across the state and being funded by the state. And and I kept thinking, why can't we have something like this? Everybody I've, I've spoken to as I've come back to Washington, you know, they're all in agreement that it's something that they need. Listening to the, the prior podcast with Cyril talking about how it all originated and it's been an ongoing process. It's not like it happened overnight. So I'm pretending like I'm back in the early days of the Texas program and thinking of ways that we can get the funding for this and have people buy into it. I think the biggest thing in Washington is the certification process for teachers of the visually impaired. In the state of Washington, teachers don't necessarily even need to have a TVI endorsement. They just need to be a special ed teacher. And that doesn't help much in what we're trying to do. So I think that piece needs to be changed. Statewide, there is a program for districts that provide mentoring for first year and second year teachers. And I'm in contact with them right now trying to figure out if somehow we would fit into that. Um, So basically somebody in the district is assigned a teacher and then they get some sort of a compensation, not very much, like maybe a one or $2,000 grant per teacher. And then that person is assigned to the new teacher and then they mentor them throughout the school year. My goal is to see if we could tie into this somehow and maybe have one person established in the state and then support the teachers around the state. That's my goal. I don't even think it would be the best scenario, but it's something more than we have now. We don't have a um, teacher prep program in Washington. Our The closest one we have is Portland State University, 
Um, so a lot of our new teachers are coming out of the Texas programs or Portland State, Northern Colorado, San Francisco State. So they're across the country and they're just coming from everywhere. They're, you know, typical itinerant teachers. So a lot of times they're the only ones in the district and they're trying to find somebody, any resources they have just to connect with other teachers. It's obvious that, it's, that there's a need. We just have to figure out how to fill it. And you guys are a great example. But every time I hear you, I'm just always like, well, I want that. <laughs> I know that you've been a mentor to a lot of people formally and informally, including myself. What do you like about mentoring others? Like, why do you keep agreeing to do that? It's something that I never really had. Back when I started, you know, there wasn't even internet and all that kind of stuff. And it was probably before you were born, Emily. But um, (laughs) I have done most of my teaching in the rural part of Eastern Washington. And so it wasn't a big community and there weren't a whole lot of connections over here. At the time that I started, there was one other teacher, the visually impaired, and we served all the way, you know, to Oregon and Idaho border, and then up all the way up to Canada. And so it was, it was pretty crazy the connections that we had to make back then. As new teachers come on, I don't want them to have to go through the things that I did. And I think what we do is such a unique skill set, and there's so many talented people that are, are teaching that I just want to make sure that we have the connections and I, I just love what we do. If nothing else, I hope these two episodes have you pondering what mentorship is happening in your state now and also what could happen in the future. If we're still socially isolating when this airs, reach out to another professional today and check in. Just see how it's going. If you're not still in your home, do it anyway. We can always use the support of a colleague. From the TSBDI Outreach Department and A Sense of Texas, I'm Emily Coleman. See you next time. This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu. Thank you.